It's the infidelity episode. I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Come on in, y'all. Let's talk about it. My name is Leah Huggins. I'm a wife, a mother, and a proud U.S. Navy veteran. After two tours to Iraq, my husband was diagnosed with PTSD. My world spiraled out of control as fear, anxiety, doubt, and depression took over. I gave my life to Christ, took on a new mindset, and let go of the negativity of my past. I now help wives to find healing, encouragement, and strategy to overcome the effects of PTSD on their daily lives and in their marriage. So come on in and let's talk about it. Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD. This is the place where we empower women to support their spouse through PTSD without losing themselves in the process. I'm your host, Coach Leah, and I'm so glad that you joined us today. So you guys, this episode is tough for me, okay? Not because I was scared to tackle the topic, but because sometimes the truth can be hard and ugly, okay? But you need it to set you free. Okay, there's just some things that can take a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of climbing out of the pit in order to work your way out of it. And this is one of those things. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about infidelity. So I don't want to give you definitions and scriptures and just, you know, skim the surface with this topic. I want to give you some real life behind the scene footage of how infidelity can happen in a marriage and the effect that it can have and how, if at all possible, to overcome the damage that was done. Part of what I want to share with you today is a precautionary tale, okay? One that's meant to make you aware of how you can fall victim if you haven't girded up and protected your mind and your heart. The other half of this episode is a tale of redemption of how God bought me out and how he loved me out of my darkness and how that in turn changed my life. Like many marriages, my husband and I have gone through infidelity on both sides, okay? He's cheated on me and I've cheated on him. It's been a rocky road and to be honest, we've come a long way, but there's still a lot of work to do, all right? I wanted to share this story today because I know the impact that it can have. My goal is to bring some help, some hope, some comfort, and maybe even some answers to some people that are going through the same thing, all right? And to let you know that there is no condemnation to those that are in Christ, all right? That's Romans 8 and 1. And just so you know, it's going to be a lot of scripture today, okay? Because literally, it was the word that bought me out, okay? So you want to get your pens and your journals ready. Now, just like I do for many of the episodes on this show, I talked with my husband before I did anything to make sure that we were on the same page and we were both comfortable with sharing our story. His only charge to me was that whatever I do, whatever I say, just make sure that it helps the people. And that's what we're going to do today. Okay. now he also wanted me to make sure that going back to these memories wouldn't have a negative effect on us now after all the work that we've done to come out of the dark place that we were in during those times. And I got to be honest, (laughs) the devil has been on it this week, okay? It's been a rough week for us in dealing with this. But I just realized last night that once you realize that the attack is connected to your assignment, then that should make you want to fight even more, okay? So I'm going forward with God today, okay? Because he's already given us the victory. 
Amen. <laughs> so today I honor my husband. All right. My job is, and it will always be to protect his heart. So I'll keep that in mind as we talk today. All right. Now, what I do is a ministry and my assignment is to lead by truth and by example. Okay. I want to be transparent because somebody out there is going through the exact same thing. And I never want you to think that you're alone. Okay. My purpose is to let you know that there is peace on the other side of the storm and there's help while you're going through. And you're not alone in your struggle. Somebody's been there and they've done that and they have survived, okay? And you can too. So let's go on and get started. Now, the original topic of this episode was actually supposed to be about how to maintain intimacy while your spouse is on deployment. But the more I thought about it, the heavier this topic became because to be honest, you can't talk about deployment without talking about infidelity. Did you know that 60% of affairs start with close friends or coworkers? You end up forming a relationship with the people that are closest to you. Think about it. If you work on your job full time, the time that you spend on that job with those coworkers is greater than the amount of quality time that you spend at home with your family. After working a full day, there's only so much time to fit everything in before it's time for bed. And these relationships with these friends and these coworkers, they can start out seemingly innocent. But if you're not careful, friendship can cross the line and create a whole mess of problems for your relationship. Now, I got to be honest. All right. And I can admit this now. I didn't do deployments well. All right. Looking back, I definitely see where I could have written more letters or mailed more packages um, during that time. Video calls, they were just coming out. So it was pretty cool that you could talk to your spouse while they're overseas and you can actually see them. But I wasn't comfortable with being seen on camera. To me, it felt like it was an invasion of privacy, you know, not because I was doing anything wrong. It was just so new and I wasn't comfortable and I had issues with my self-confidence. So I didn't want to be seen on camera. All right. And I know my husband, I knew that it was only a matter of time before he was going to ask me to flash some part of my body over that camera. <laughs> okay. And I wasn't comfortable doing that over the internet because who knows where it would have ended up. All right. So I wasn't the best at communication. Also, I was not one of those wives that would fall apart and couldn't function when her husband left for deployment. All right. Because I was in the military myself and I had lived on my own for years. I was super independent and I didn't have a problem continuing on with life as usual. And the problem is, is that I buried myself in the business of everyday life, which is it's good in a way. But on the other hand, it left my spouse feeling neglected like I didn't need him. He said many times how he felt like I couldn't wait for him to leave on deployment. And that wasn't the case, not at all. But I could have done better in my communication with him and showing him attention and affection. As a matter of fact, that's one of the most powerful things you can do for your marriage, especially if your spouse travels and you have to separate for a time. You should make intimacy your goal before it's time for them to leave. You got to start ahead of time. All right. Be intentional about your relationship. Life can get in the way and you can get busy. And before you know it, a lot of time has passed and you drifted further and further apart. A lot of times we get carried away with life as usual and we take for granted that our spouse will always be there or that they're all right with you not spending quality time with them. And so we don't take the time to value their presence. And then when they leave and they have to be gone for months at a time, it's hard to maintain intimacy because the disconnect was there long before they left. 
Intimacy goes well beyond sex. As I've said before, problems in the bedroom started way before you even get to the bedroom. I would say that the big fear about deployment is being separated from your loved one and not knowing whether or not they're going to stay faithful to you. And that goes for both sides, the one that leaves and the one that stays at home. The goal is to prevent it. You know, pray that it doesn't happen and do everything you can to make sure it doesn't. But the reality is, is that it does. All right. Now, let me stop here. It doesn't happen to everybody. Okay, every man does not cheat and every woman does not cheat. But reality is, is that it does happen. It can happen. There are a ton of horror stories about the things that go on during deployment. And I've seen some of this for myself. Okay. And this is why I knew that in doing this episode, the focus really needs to be on the topic of infidelity. Because the question really is, how do I keep him from cheating on me? So what I'm going to do today is to tell you my story, all right? What I'm not going to do is to speak for my husband or tell you why he did what he did, because that's his story to tell, all right? I can't tell you what was going on in his head or what he was thinking. I can only speak from my point of view. As I said time and time again, PTSD does not cause the problems in your marriage, not all of them. Okay, what it does do is to highlight the issues that are already present. I believe there was a point in our marriage that we were both broken well before we even had a name or diagnosis of any condition. We were broken. And and quite honestly, I'm sure it started even before we got together. But two broken people coming together doesn't make a whole. All right. It just adds more problems on top of the ones that you already have. So we were broken and neither of us knew what to do with it or even recognized it for that matter. We both came into the relationship with our own set of insecurities and a background of pain that shaped us into who we were in that moment. The atmosphere of our home was toxic and it was volatile. You know, during that time, he was out a lot and he didn't spend a lot of time at home with us. All right. So I was lonely and we argued all the time. And in those arguments, he would say hurtful things. And I I told y'all, I'm not good at arguing because I can't get my thoughts together fast enough. Okay, so the way that your spouse treats you and talks to you can also have an effect on your self-confidence and your self-esteem. It can have you thinking, what's wrong with me? And it can bring up the pain and the mistakes of your past and, and make you feel a certain kind of way. And he would say these hurtful things. And I ended up feeling so defeated, so, so stupid. I felt powerless. I felt like he didn't respect my boundaries in dealing with other women. And quite honestly, I didn't trust the people that he ran with because he would always talk about how they were dealing with multiple women. And you know what they say, birds of a feather. Come on, church, flock together. (laughs) I knew that I wasn't fulfilling his need for sex, even though he expressed it to me over and over again. All right. In my mind, I had already known that he was with somebody else. After I found out he was cheating on me, I would have these intrusive thoughts. Okay. I would see visions of him with this person, um, either just standing there together or even in the bed. And sex became even more of a challenge for me because of this. The enemy is going to take your mind and use it as a weapon against you. That's why you have to guard yourself against having a weak mind. Your thoughts and your emotions can quickly take over and send you into a downward spiral. 
So overall, things weren't good with us, okay? And not only that, things weren't good with me. Because of the rejection that I faced in my childhood, I had low self-esteem. And your confidence and your sense of self, they really start in childhood. And when you have low self-esteem, you find yourself constantly looking to fill this void that can never be filled until you come into the realization and acceptance of who you are. I wanted someone else to show me how valuable I was to them and how, how great I was. I needed to know that they were impressed with me. Like I said, I have been on both sides of infidelity. I've been cheated on and I was also the one that cheated. And it was no good from either side. And let me tell you this, an affair is not a mistake, okay? It is a decision. It's a choice, okay? The guilty party needs to take accountability for the results of their choices, all right? Now, there are some people that are going to cheat no matter what, okay? No matter how good you treat them, all right? The fact that somebody cheated on you is not your fault because, again, it was a decision that they made. However, I do have to say that a relationship is not perfect and that you have to look at the fact that you may have contributed to the problems in that relationship that led up to that person stepping out on you. OK, cheating is a choice, but the problems in your relationship usually stem from issues on both sides. Their decision was not your fault, but you both contributed to the dysfunction in the relationship. Does that make sense? I hope so. So it's important that you keep that in mind, okay? It takes two of you to get in the situation and it's gonna take both of you to get out of it. Now, question, have you ever made a bad decision? <laughs> I think we all can raise our hand and say yes, all right? You'll find that you may deal with many emotions like regret and shame and guilt, just to name a few, okay? These emotions all start with self. The victim wants to make the guilty party feel their pain or inflict on them the pain that they've caused to them. You have to be careful with this because while, yes, you do want to hold them accountable for what they did, but your words and actions can become abusive if you hold it over their heads, all right? It's like a debt that they owe to you that they will never finish paying. As a person that has been betrayed, it's important to learn how to process and how to act on your emotions in a healthy way. Because even though holding on to grudges will hold the offender captive, it also keeps the one that has been betrayed bound as well. It's like holding a two-edged sword with no handles. So you're just grabbing onto the blade and you'll find that the more you attack that person with the other end of the blade, the more injured you become. Whenever the goal is not to understand what happened or why it happened, the goal then becomes to crush and destroy and to make them hurt as much as you're hurting. And that will not bring any healing, only more pain. When there's an affair, both people are hurting, not just the one that was cheated on, but the one that cheated as well. Infidelity is subtle, okay? It happens slowly and you don't even realize what's happening. Now, I didn't set out in my mind to cheat on my husband. That wasn't the plan, okay? What happened was is that I made a series of bad decisions. Hear me closely. I made a series of bad decisions. This is what accountability looks like. So I hear you asking, why did you do it? What's at the root? What was it giving you? What was the appeal, okay? Nine times out of 10, there's a need that needs to be met and it's not being fulfilled, 
The need in itself is not wrong. Need is natural. However, the problem lies in how you go about getting what you need. It's not about sex all the time. It could be another need that wasn't being met. It's nice to get the attention. It's nice to be flirted with, you know. Now, at that time, there were three needs that I had, okay? The first was validation. The next was attention. And the last was affirmation, all right? And when I got it, it fed that need. I was pretty enough. I was desired. And they did like me. Everybody likes to be flirted with because it helps to boost your confidence and it strokes your ego. If marriage were easy, then anybody could do it. All right. A lot of times we find that people have already left the relationship in their mind before they actually step out on their spouse. They're looking for the greener grass on the other side. Right. They're taking the easy way out rather than working through their problems. On top of all of that, there's a feeling of adrenaline. Right. A rush. It's exciting because there's a fear that you may get caught. You know, now I can remember when I turned 21 that drinking losses appealed to me because it was legal now, okay? <laughs> because I didn't have to sneak around to do it anymore. And that was half the fun. I mean, I'm not trying to make light of cheating or anything like that, but it's the same concept, all right? Back in the day, Escape made a whole album about cheating, okay? And that was a good album. I used to bump that album all the time. <laughs> But, you know, things like that get integrated through the culture and through the media. and We begin to think it's OK and that there's nothing wrong with it because everybody's doing it. It becomes the norm and no one is considering the consequences, especially if they never get caught. It'll continue on as long as the participating parties allow it to go on. Now, all relationships start with words. OK, and this is how you get to know someone. And the more you know them and connect with them, the deeper into that relationship you get with them. Have you checked out the PTSD Wives Handbook? This book is for the wife whose spouse has survived trauma and is now navigating through mood swings, flashbacks, and mishandled emotions. PTSD can create a toxic home environment and cause a divide in the closest and most meaningful relationships. As a caretaker, the PTSD wife is finding herself at the receiving end of anger, aggression, and constant negativity. This can create a personal, mental, and spiritual health crisis for her. In this book, Coach Leah uncovers the hidden wounds of trauma and the effects that it can have on your relationship. Based on biblical principles, she teaches you the tools and resources that are needed to handle stressful situations and to seek help from the Lord and foster a deeper relationship with Him. By reading this book and putting the principles into action, you're going to learn how to take control of your life and grab hold of the power that lies within. Grab your copy of the PTSD Wives Handbook today by clicking the link in the show notes. Now, back to the show. Infidelity first starts with an emotional connection. It all seems very innocent in the beginning. You know, we're just friends or acquaintances or coworkers, and there seems to be no other interest in anything outside of that. And then you start getting comfortable with them and then small talk about work or business or something like that. It evolves into something deeper and more meaningful. You start to share these personal thoughts and these feelings and end up connecting with them on a deeper level. And then you may begin to meet outside of whatever the normal limits are. So instead of going, just seeing them at work, well, hey, we're going to go to lunch. We're going to go have some drinks out on the town, you know, go kicking it. This is how it starts. 
All right. Now, the one thing you have to be careful not to do is to share personal information about your relationship with your spouse to somebody on the outside. All right. Never speak about problems in your marriage because somebody can try to use that as an end. You know, I can do what your wife won't do or I can do what your man won't do. All right. Or what they'll do is they'll try to tug at your emotions. Okay, you don't deserve that. If you were my man, I would treat you so much better than that. If you were my woman, I wouldn't do you like that. And they'll use all the stuff that you've been complaining about to them to get you where they want you. And essentially, they would be presenting themselves as a solution to your problems. And if you're feeling neglected and not getting enough sex, guess what? That's what they're going to offer. And these days, you have to be careful because some women, they're not interested in relationship. Okay, it's all about sex for them. They don't care about commitment. It's all about what or who they can conquer. Now, I live in the South and blues music is really big down here. And there's this song that says, hey, lady, your husband is cheating on us. Okay, and that's a mess. (laughs) Some people just don't care anymore. Whatever the situation, one thing leads to another, and it's just a matter of time and convenience for them to hook up. All right. Now, in my opinion, an emotional affair is harder for women to deal with because of the idea that you have opened up to a woman in another way that you have not opened up with me. Okay. It may feel at times like they're protecting them and not you. It's a betrayal to let someone else into the sanctity of your marriage. You can't say what a person will or will not do, including yourself. And that's why it's important to set boundaries in your relationship and with yourself. If you learn how to keep yourself out of situations that can lead to infidelity, then you can save yourself a lot of heartache in the future. Now, there are consequences to your actions, okay? In the Bible, David made a bad decision because he was in trouble and it cost him and everyone around him, all right? They came back from war and they found that their village had been burned down and their women and children had been kidnapped. And that was all because of the decision that David had made. The decisions that you make affect everyone around you, including the generations to come, your children, your in-laws, even the friends and family that you've grown close to as a couple. In some cases, you're breaking up a family and life as you know it, life as they know it, it's changed forever. I can remember one of the times that I was getting ready to leave my husband and, you know, we told my mother-in-law and the way that she cried, oh my God, it just hurt my heart. You know, I had just gotten the nerve up to tell the kids and they were a little bit older and they were like, "Okay, well, we understand. We don't like it, but we understand. But my mother in law, she knew the real weight of what we were about to do and the pain in her eyes was unbearable. All right. Now, I was blessed with the best in-laws. Okay, I love them dearly. And I had built my family, not just with my husband and my children, but with them as well, too. And I realized that they would be affected by my decision to leave as well. Infidelity will cost you. All right. That's something to think about. So besides pulling others in on it and hurting them emotionally and probably scarring them for life, like in the case of a child, there's also some side effects to cheating. Okay, not only can you break up your relationship, but it can cost the other party their relationship. All right. If they're married, their spouse and their family can be hurt by your actions. You're causing pain for someone else because you brought them into your foolishness. And sometimes love can be crazy. Have you seen the movie Fatal Attraction? Okay. Cheating can put you in physical danger as well. Okay. It can put you in harm's way. 
Now, biblically speaking, cheating is a sexual sin and sexual sin is one of the worst kinds of sins because it brings somebody else into your sin. All right. It's not just an individual anymore. Now you're bringing somebody else with you. If you're not protected, you can bring STDs and STIs into your relationship. Okay. And it's just too much out here to even chance it. Okay. If you don't know the difference between an STD and an STI, an STI is a sexually transmitted infection. Okay. You can usually clear those up with some medication, but an STD is a sexually transmitted disease. And long story short, it can end your life. So here's my testimony, okay? From the very moment that I decided to sin, I heard the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart, okay? I was on my way to go meet this other guy and I had the radio on and I was playing R&B music, okay? You know, trying to get my mind right <laughs> for what I was about to do. And all I kept hearing in my head was my first lady singing this worship song. It says, I want to be more like you, Jesus, I want to be more like you. I want to be a vessel you work through. I want to be more like you. And I heard that. I kept hearing that in my head. I tried to tune it out. Okay. I tried to turn the radio up, <laughs> but that didn't work. Okay. It was persistent. And the closer I got to the destination, the louder it got in my head. All right. Now, I wish I would have listened to the Holy Spirit right away and turned around and never got involved in the first place. But unfortunately, that's not my testimony. All right. It took me months to come out of this relationship. Now, I have to be honest. OK, when I finally did come out of the relationship, it wasn't because I got caught or because, you know, I was feeling guilty because I love my husband so much. I mean, to be honest, I didn't even like him at the time. Okay. I was angry. He was angry. We were fighting all the time. Okay. He wasn't nice to me. Like we were in a really dark place in our relationship. The only reason that he found out was because years later, okay, we were still in a dark place and I was fed up with the way things were going and I was getting ready to leave again. And I was contemplating on what to do. And I honestly only told him at that time because I wanted to give him an excuse to make the decision for me. All right. So I gave him the information that if you want to stay or go, then that'll tell me what to do. And so that's why I told him. The real reason that I stopped and I broke it all off with this dude is because I really began to struggle in my spirit. OK, I knew that God wasn't pleased and I knew that that wasn't what he wanted for me. All right. You got to remember that during this time I was on my spiritual journey. OK, I was trying to get close to God, but my insecurity had me bound in my sin. I had one foot in the world and one foot out and I was scared to let go. Sin is a spiritual issue. OK, it's personal to you. You have to remember that there's a reason behind you committing that sin. All right. And when it boiled down to it, my heart just wasn't right. I was searching to fill a void and I, I couldn't find it. It wasn't just something physical. It was never about sex. It was a heart issue. And I was trying to fill a void that only God could fill. Every Sunday I would be in church, ugly crying and snotting all over the place. OK, and asking God to forgive me because I knew that what I was really doing was sinning against him. But I always ended up going back and the cycle would continue. The Bible says, depart from evil and do good. 
And the same way I made the decision to sin, I can make that same decision to stop. It was just that simple. Change had to begin in my mind with my decision. All right. So every Sunday I'm in church, I'm asking God for forgiveness. Okay. But one day I realized that what I hadn't asked him for was for help. I asked him for help to get me out of this situation. Okay. And then there were two things that happened. All right. The first thing was I had went out to lunch with a friend and who also happened to be a minister. And we were talking and I reached in my purse for something. And when I pulled my hand out, a condom falls out of my purse. Oh my God. I was mortified. (laughs) But how many of you know that God will expose you to the right person. All right. First John says, confess your sins to me and I will forgive you. James says to confess your sins to one another and he will heal you. I did both of those. The enemy loves a secret and he'll use that secret to drive a wedge, not only between you and your spouse, but also between you and your God. And at that table, when my friend saw what had happened, what it fell out my purse, she didn't judge me. She didn't chastise me. She corrected me in love now. She told me the truth about the situation I was in and she encouraged me to get freed from that bondage. And that's exactly what it was. It was a spiritual bondage. That's the reason that I kept going back in that sin. It's the same thing with an addiction. You have to free yourself mentally, physically, and spiritually. That last time that I left our meeting place, I had to turn around and point at the building and declare, I will not be back here again. And I never did. Thank you, Lord. And then the other thing that happened was that at my job, I worked for the government. Okay. And by this time I was a civilian. Okay. And they had to do budget cuts. And so they were having a round of layoffs. Okay. And I got caught up in with that. So I ended up losing my job, okay? And that was a testimony within itself because God could have let me leave that place in shame, but he covered me and let me leave under honorable conditions. A few months after I stopped working, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, I didn't take you out of that job as a punishment. I had to take you out of there because I love you. He didn't want me to go any further into my sin because God is not willing that any should perish, including little old me. Now, once I made the decision to just stop, I had to stand in the liberty for which Christ had made me free. Okay, that's a scripture too. (laughs) Sin could not hold me anymore. All right. I started the process of healing and that healing consisted of addressing the issues that got me there in the first place. Yes, it's true. My needs weren't being met, but I still couldn't put my finger on exactly what those needs were. I did a lot of soul searching and tracing back to the root of all my problems. And it took me years to get through past trauma and undo the effects that it had on my life. I did a lot of work on self and building my relationship with God. And the closer I got to him, the more he cleaned me up and he made me new inside. As I grew in my faith, I became aware of my identity in him and my confidence grew and my self-esteem improved and I had to forgive myself. And that started with a trip down what I call Highway 51. Okay, that's Psalm 51 created me a clean heart, oh God, and renew the right spirit in me. All right. I wanted to be made new and I never wanted to go back to who I was in those days. 
When you've been hurting your past, especially in your childhood, it takes time to get to a place where you can begin to forgive those that have offended you. Whether you're dealing with infidelity or not, somewhere down the line, you've been offended by someone and it cut you to your soul. The enemy uses that unforgiveness and that bitterness to whisper lies to you and to make you believe that you're unlovable and undesirable. He'll hold your past over your head and he'll keep reminding you of the mistakes that you made and the failures that you made in your past. He'll make you feel like a failure. Bitterness says to the offender that you're going to have to pay for what you've done. And that is a form of punishment. It's not forgiveness if you still hold it over their heads or you constantly remind them that they've offended you. Because in that case, you're holding them hostage in your mind, which means that you're still being held hostage as well. It's also impossible to forgive if you have not addressed the issue, okay? If you say you forgive but don't really address the issue and just want to keep peace in the house, then you're not really doing anything but sweeping it under the rug, all right? And trust me, eventually it's going to reemerge, okay? You have to work through it. You got to process those emotions and push past the negativity in your mind because that's where the real battlefield is. The root of bitterness is described as a poisonous fruit in the Bible. Bitterness will spread and it can affect more than one area in your life. It's amazing to see how it trickles into other areas and it takes root as you can see the fruit from that. People do things out of pain, but the truth is the bad decision you made, that was what you did. It's not who you are. You made a mistake, but you're not a mistake. Whether you are the offended or the offender, you have to release that victim mentality. All right. They did this to me. When you say that, you're making it all about you and denying your part in how you got there. Remember, nothing you did or didn't do made you cheat. The cheating was a bad decision. That wasn't your fault. But somewhere down the line, you have to consider that you contributed to the problems in your relationship, whether it's by something you did or something that you didn't do. But they just went about addressing it the wrong way. Even though you're mad, you're going to have to guard yourself against making life-altering decisions in that moment. Take a few days to cool down and pray about what your next step should be, okay? If God says go, then go. But if not, you got to ask him for the strategy that you're going to need to move forward from the pain that was caused by this. In the long run, infidelity only leads to more pain, okay? And to be honest, the need that you're trying to feel, it doesn't get satisfied. All right. On the outside, it may seem like it. But once you look closer, you'll find that the relief it gave you was only temporary. It doesn't fix the issue that you have. All right. Especially those issues in your relationship. Self-evaluation is the key. Find out what the real problem is and how it's affecting yourself and how it's affecting that relationship. All the things that I was looking for, that validation and that affirmation, that area still remained void and empty in my life. People will love you just enough to get what they want from you. They'll tell you what you want to hear and do all the things that it takes to get you to give in to them. Forgiveness is not enough, okay? There has to be a change in behavior on both sides, all right? Is there a way to affair-proof your marriage? I don't know. I would say the only sure way to do this is to follow the instructions of the word, okay? I believe that together you can overcome and you can do anything, but it's going to take two people, 
Okay. Both parties have to be a part of that healing. One person can't do it by themselves. All right. They can try and try all they can, but if the other person is not willing to do the work, then it will never happen. Okay. Together it's possible. All right. To begin with, you want to set boundaries that are going to help with building trust in relationships that are outside of your marriage. Okay. Be specific, create a list of rules of engagement. Okay. So that way you both know what's expected and can move accordingly. Communicate your needs related to this and why each boundary you set is important for you. You may want to get really specific and establish what the consequences are of breaking any of these boundaries and stick to it. Communication is key again, because all relationships are built on words. All right. The words connect to your emotions and your emotions govern the way that you respond or the way that you act. But you have to learn how to outsmart your feelings because they will lie to you every time. You also want to create a spiritual routine, okay? Do you guys go to church together? Or maybe you can read a devotional or pick a book to read together. And this can be a form of counseling without having to have someone else there, okay? You can get a book or two about marriage and make sure that it has activities for you to work through together, all right? And speaking of counseling, that's going to help you as well. You definitely want to seek the help of a professional to help you get past the challenges that you're having trouble with. It's good to seek counseling as a couple, and it's also good to seek counseling for yourself and maybe even as a family if there's children involved, okay? Because this affects much more than just the two people that are involved. And have fun with each other, okay? Spend time with each other. Not just that, spend quality time, okay? Go out on a date, make it frequent. You know, we go out Thursdays. Thursday is our date day, okay? And, you know, if you do it every week, that would be great. Go to the movies, go out to eat, go play putt-putt. I love putt-putt, all right? (laughs) Play games, whatever it is that you like to do. Just make sure that you're spending time together and you're connecting, not just for sex, but connecting in other areas of life, okay? We used to play this uh, drag racing game. It was a video game and we would sit there and play for hours and I would never win. (laughs) But anyway, the key is just to connect and stay connected. Finally, you want to pray, 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 okay? Pray for their mind and pray for your own mind. Pray that you both will be strong enough to resist temptation, okay? And here's the hint. The Bible says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, okay? Pray together and pray individually. Cover each other in prayer. Pray for them and pray for yourself that, you know, you'll come out of fear and you you won't feel this loneliness. You'll know what to do. All right. Pray for whatever it is that you're needing. Study the word together so that you can see what the Lord has to say about your situation and give you a strategy to overcome. You can overcome the effects that infidelity has on your marriage. All right. It's not easy, but it can be done. How did I get through it? Simple. I let the Lord heal my heart. All right. And that's exactly what he did. You guys, (laughs) that was heavy. That was heavy, but we made it through it. All right. So for today's coaching moment, I wanted to deal with forgiveness. All right. I want to write a forgiveness letter. Okay. So I want you to grab your journals and something that you can write with. Okay. First of all, I want you to pick a situation that you've gone through that maybe you have yet to forgive. All right. Whether it's somebody else or yourself. 
All right. This can be whatever you want, but it should be a situation that still upsets you or or pains you to think about it, because if it still hurts, then you haven't healed from it. All right. And the step that we're taking today is going to help to bring you closer to getting that healing that you need. So once you have that offense in mind, I want you to answer these questions. Okay. What happened? How did it affect you? Which part of the story do you feel they have not taken accountability for yet? What's the hardest part of the situation to let go and why? How is it affecting you by not letting it go? Now I want you to imagine that you've forgiven them and tell me what it looks like. How would things look different than they do now? And then I want you to take that information and write a letter in love to the person that offended you and express to them how they hurt you and why and tell them how it affected you and what your feelings were and the emotions that you're still experiencing. All right. Tell them what you wish they would have done instead. I want you to try to empathize with them and maybe look at things from their point of view. And then I want you to finish it by letting go of your anger and put your forgiveness into the words. What do you forgive them for? And what do you forgive yourself for in that situation? All right, you guys, that is my time for today. I wanna thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Be sure to keep in touch, all right? Check out our website, find me on social media. And don't forget to join the conversation in our Facebook group, Marriage, Motherhood, and PTSD, all right? And you can find the links to all things Coach Leah in the show notes, okay? Well, you guys, that's my time. I got to leave you all, but I want you to be encouraged, be empowered, and be blessed. Peace, y'all.